Hi, all my buddies! That was Hi. terrible. I apologize. Hi. <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome to Semi-Auto Magic, Inc. A mostly, mostly fictional, partly functionable, partly fashionable, uh, Dresden Files-flavored Fate Accelerated podcast set in your local landport, Landia. With a very uh, loose understanding of the Fate system, let's be clear. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. We have had, uh, we have had very well-intentioned, very knowledgeable, very sweet listeners, um, phone in, metaphorically speaking, with tips on how to fate better, and we appreciate those, like, a whole lot, but we cannot remember to do them. No. So, um, <laughs> no, that's, that's a, So no. No, uh, that's actually something we might want to look at in, in future seasons as a more thorough understanding of how this game actually works and less on puns. But, uh, that's for a future time. So, no, my name is Casey. More on puns. More on puns, less on game mechanics. Got it. Something, something, U.S. presidency. Anyway. My name is Casey. Old CW, they call me. Who have I got here? Who at my Algonquin round table is joining me? I'm Dylan. I have a wizard. Hi, Dylan. I'm Jackie. Hi, Jackie. I'm a I'm Anthony, and I was going to make a thrilling adventure hour joke, but I decided not to. This intro... Thank you. So, this intro What's never up? works, because no. we don't have directions to point at <laughs> or anything. We okay, just have we... to guess who Casey is talking about. Do we need to do a take two on this intro? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we do fun last, with fungus if you want. We're not going to do fun with fungus. Last time <laughs> on the <laughs> thrilling semi-automatic. Seven minutes of guinea pig squeaks. What? Seven minutes of guinea pig squeaks is my uh, tin machine cover band. Um, okay, God. Getting back to the thrilling Landportlandia hour. Last time, uh, we attempted to negotiate the acquisition of a large chunk of Geosmin from the Landportlandian Museum of Weird and Unnatural History. I've actually looked it up since. Apparently, Geosmin doesn't, like, crystallize. Like, yeah. it's a chemical compound. Like, you can't find, like, chunks of it. Yeah, well, I I knew that. I just wasn't going to say anything because I liked yeah. your setup and everything. But, Fair. yeah, this, no, it's, yeah. it's just kind of a – it's mostly hydrogen. So aren't most things <laughs> I mean no and then we um we <laughs> met Mr. Quill and wandered through what might have been a dream might have been a memory might have been a lot of things and uh and fought some people and we rescued Xavier Tangleforth the 5th from uh some kind of terrible dream so um you now have a chunk of Geosmin in a large metal pot, which is carven with some binding and sealing runes and such to prevent it from projecting whatever terrible magics had been infecting the area. And that is where we will pick up. Now, if I understand correctly, we had a list of other magical ingredients that we needed to gather. Have you guys been working on that? Yes. Yeah. All right, sound off. What do we got? Okay, Sony? so the egg, the egg crate and the clay-based soil... Uh-huh. I'm going to Home Depot. <laughs> I'm going to buy them. <laughs> you know, yep. fair enough. Uh, yeah, you that's know, a, fair it's, enough. It's a very Dresden-like solution. It, yeah, you can't make your own magic store bought is fine. Yeah, there you go. It's it's true. Yeah, you know, it's it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be mom's magical array, but it'll do. <laughs> All right. I, I feel that that goes against well. 
I that makes sense for Rowan. If it was Fiona, that would go against her very nature as as the homegrown hipster. Yeah, exactly. It, no, it really yeah. goes against the nature of Land Portlandia. But again, that seems right up Rowan's alley. So, yeah. If it was Fiona, she would find some kind of soil monger who... <laughs> but that's what they talk about. It, the, the most hipster way to get this is to do it the least ironic way you could. <laughs> Which is, in turn, the most ironic. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. Next because level. Because nothing means anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got egg crate and soil. What's next? Jackie? Uh, morning dew. Um... I guess I'm literally just going to lay on the grass until it's morning. <laughs> then we're just going to wring out your coat? Yeah. Like it was a rag. Fair enough. All right. Fair enough. I have to respect the, uh, you know, that's a, that's a very, a very Taoist thing. Just lay there yeah. and the dew comes to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the, uh, follow your Lathani. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Fiona had, what, it's, uh, Fiona's going through a Taoist phase. That's fair. All right, so that's Egg Crate Soil and Morning Dew. Uh, we already have the three eye and the geosman. What does that leave? So that leaves uh, the capture of Dawn's first light within a quartz prism, and we need to anchor this whole. Ar- we, so because there are three blade hubs, I guess we need to make three of these and anchor them each to the the different blade hubs. Uh, so that's going to be fun to figure out. Uh, Dawn's first light, uh, Solomon. Uh, wonky, way more complicated than it ever needs to be, man that he is, uh, has a, a looking glass set up on, uh, uh, near one of his windows, which protrudes with several lenses. Sort of like the, the thing you saw at the end of, um, uh, uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in Mad-Eye Moody's office. Sure. Uh, just a bunch of fucking lenses, Right. Uh, increasing magnification as you get smaller and smaller. Um, and so, just gonna roll, like, hunk that out into the street, cause I imagine <laughs> the sun will rise and light will pour through it, uh, and it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna magnify into a chunk of quartz. Sure. Which, like, there's, we can find some quartz, that's not hard. Yeah, there's quartz, it's there's quartz around. Everywhere. No, it's fine. So, yeah. uh, yeah, and then we're just gonna stick Dawn's first light into this quartz, dog. Cool. Did Solomon make those lenses himself? Uh, he had them made by okay, a, so a contact uh, within the White Council. <laughs> he just went. He just went to lens crafters. <laughs> a contact within the White Council. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, fair enough. Lens crafter Dave is a <laughs> is a magnificent man. Three, two, one, cannon, lens crafter Dave. <laughs> Okie dokes. Alright, so, you goons, you beautiful, beautiful goons, have gathered all of this uh, magical impedimentia, and uh, you are going to head to the Westfield Carter Hotel, where it seems like you spend most of your time. You guys don't have any pets that are being neglected, do you? No. Shit! Fiona? Got bicker and cornflower, but... Oh well, they're homeless now. It's fine. No, I have no. They're fish. you have exotic fish. I had exotic. You have delicious boiled exotic fish now. <laughs> Just like in uh, Jungle to Jungle. So uh, you guys head back to the Westfield Carter Hotel and down to the magic level, bypassing Jeffrey Joshua, snarky, uh, 
snarky door not doorman um counterman extraordinaire hey do you guys want to know what uh what jeffrey joshua's speakeasy is absolutely believe it or not every major character has their own speakeasy i've got them listed out and they're very very personal you know very meaningful things um jeffrey joshua's is actually uh, a laryngeal implant that uh activates whenever he scoffs so you know all the time What's all right Rose? Uh, Peroa's is actually a set of earrings spelling out her initials, um, P-D, in American Sign Language, in the hand-spelling alphabet. Oh. Yeah, they were a gift from Desmond Yonwoods, as were, as was, um, Wake Wagner's belt buckle that reads Strong Arm. They were both made for them after, uh, an incident involving Desmond coming to the White Council's attention. That's another story. Maybe we'll get into it sometime. Someday. Some future season. It's actually... It's actually a really cool story that I think you guys would have a lot of fun with. All right, so you arrive, you head down. Um, Xavier Tangleforth has decided to meet up with you guys because as curator for the Natural Museum of Weird History or whatever the hell it's called, uh, he <laughs> has got a pretty finely tuned sense for the weirdness level in the city, and he has noticed that it's just it's been steadily climbing, and he doesn't really know what to do about it. So he has arrived to offer his services. Um, Peroa Dalma and Wake Wagner are also there, as is uh, Salvador Hernandez. And Lil Liz Delphi, the, you know, Arcano Cryptography, girl genius extraordinaire. Basically all the guys are there. Hey, right, so, what's up? What's her speakeasy? Oh, Lil Liz Delphi's speakeasy yeah, is... I know you do. Uh, it's actually a charm bracelet, and every charm on it is a glyph from an ancient alphabet or writing system. Yay! Yeah. So, you guys are all gathered, and who should come wrangling out of the lab but Dylan's favorite guy, Desmond Yonwood! Oh no! This favorite guy! Alright, so I see that you got all the components there. Yeah, we sure do. <coughs> now... I know that there had been some confusion about how we were going to use the bleed herbs to connect to the what's-this and activate the thing or so. I've been working on this, and may I present to you Lil Land Bordlandia! And he pulls off a sheet, and there is a scale model of Land Portlandia made of what would just appear to be like lab equipment, like sure. like Erlenmeyer flasks and beakers. So it's and a really stuff like shitty that. facsimile, is what you're saying. It really is. It really is. He, yeah, shitty facsimile is a fourth level uh, simulation spell. And uh, <laughs> he turns to you all and says, "Please forgive the crudeness of this model. I didn't have the time or interest to paint it or build it to scale. So I think what we can do is use thaumaturgical resonance theory and pump a crap ton of energy into it." to make what happens on the micro happen on the macro. Sure. Uh, point of interest, that thing's going to be a really terrible conduit. I mean, so, is it? So when you when you say tons of energy, uh, where the fuck are we going to get that much energy? Well, I thought we could all we could all just like hand some over, just pump in some willpower. And I've actually uh, I've actually got some stored up in some magical spinners here that we could, you know, I've been saving for a rainy day. I, and right, per I, your per your concerns to it being a terrible conduit, I invite you to take a closer look. And as you look, it turns out that each individual like building and 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 structure in the city, it's they're not terribly good likenesses, but they are all filled with components that mirror their real life full size counterparts. Ooh. 
Yeah, so, like, where the magic bean once stood, there's a little tiny beaker that's full of, like, coffee beans and terrible poetry and, ironically, terrible customer service. All right, and stuff good like enough. That. Exactly. So they're they're all filled with thematically appropriate ingredients. Cool. He says, okay, so give me your ingredients here. And he takes all the, he takes all the stuff. And, um, he says, now, he snaps his fingers and that, uh, that array, that grid that you guys have seen so many times, uh, springs to life in the air above and then lowers itself down onto the scale model. And you see the nodes and hubs lock up in the spiraling position just the way you have so many times. He says, okay, what we're gonna do is, now, Warden Byron, I know that you said this wasn't a potion per se. Yep. So, we're just gonna use a similar heptagonal matrix array thinger, and just gonna douse it all in 3i. It's gonna be pretty dope. So, he takes each of the items and uh, places them carefully on each of the six uh, node hubs thingers. Mm-hmm. And then he actually pours some of the three eye out into his hand and it doesn't behave entirely like a liquid. Like Ooh. it, yeah, it pours just fine. But when he pours it into his hand, like it doesn't spill out, like it kind of turns into a weird jello. Like you remember in the old like Tales of Fantasia games and they had like apple and orange jelly medicine. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like a weird gumdrop sort of thing that jiggles in his hand. It's, it's, oh yeah, this Newtonian fluid then. Yeah, it is a non-Newtonian fluid. And he, he just uh, looks left and right and then just, like, sniffs it real hard. He's like, oh, yeah, that's good stuff. We have a oh. real drug problem in this building. I say I'm to Salvador. <laughs> the ghosts of people who weren't been born yet. All right. And then he uh, crunches it in his hands and sprinkles it out over the entire array. He says, okay, now we all know that magic varies from person to person. They're, you know, formulae don't really help. There's not really any standardization. So we all have got to believe in this. <laughs> I am scared for my city, you guys. Like, I know you guys are out there, like, fighting monsters and trying to keep the shadows at bay, and I appreciate that. But you got to understand, from the outside, this looks like things are really bad. And I feel like that's probably because they're really bad. Am I right here, guys? Oh, yeah. Things yeah. are, okay. things are real, bad. real bad. Okay, cool. So we all got to want this and we all got to believe in it and we all got to stop whatever's coming down because if if what I'm if what I'm hearing is correct is fairy trying to invade our world? Uh well, a fairy specifically. A fairy. Okay, um, cool. A a fairy king of the summer. A fairy called king of the fairies. That's good. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's like right. 110 different fucking human stories about why that's a bad thing. Or anything. Yeah, exactly. Alright, so I'm gonna need everybody to gather around, join hands if you feel like it, and we'll see if we, or, or if you don't feel like it, Warden's, Warden Rowan. <laughs> I'm not a warden uh, anymore. You're a warden. No, I'm, I'm, I'm here because you're I've been asshole. arrested and, like, you guys oh, are that's... forcing me to do this. Alright, so everybody gather around. And he, he gestures to all of you, and um, Perua Dalma, Wake Wagner, Xavier Tangleforth, and uh, you three all gather around the six equidistant points of the node array, 
and there's actually a little a little magical light construct of a um it's like a like a little lever inside a little containment that you can that you can reach in and grasp and it looks kind of like an electrical conductor or something like that so just made of light it it uh it reaches up and it's all different colors for each of you and Desmond says okay now all of you grab this and i'm going to need you to pour everything you got into this matrix and hopefully we'll be able to work some thaumaturgical scale nonsense activate this thing and and warden byron if i'm if if i'm understanding correctly we're trying to turn the power of the blade hubs against themselves right uh yeah i mean against the throne of mists <laughs> right we're trying to we're trying to invert the power flow and so right. the yeah, send the planar membrane shear back in the opposite direction. Exactly. Okay. All right, so everybody grab a thing. And um, Wake Wagner looks at his hand and tries his hardest to imagine how to make it interact with a physical object in a way that isn't punching. <laughs> <laughs> and he, 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 just, he just infists his hand and reaches in there real gently and just goes, donk, just against the... <laughs> It's the little lever, and uh, Pro Adama, watching the entire time, just shakes her head a little bit. She she reaches in and wraps her hand around the lever. Lever Xavier Tangleforth, uh, still wearing the shotgun and sword, which uh, he's you know not had a lot of trouble getting around town with those. So I think that probably says something about his huh. reputation. Yeah, he uh, or about his... the laws in Land Portlandia. <laughs> well, also good. <laughs> uh, he cracks his knuckles and uh, and reaches in. I assume the three of you take your handles. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, very good. Uh, as each of you does, your node begins to hum and glow with light, and a distinct musical tone rings for each person who takes their handle. When all six of you have grasped yours, the nodes are joined by lines and matrices of light shimmering in all colors. Um, there's a very strong vibration in your handle, but even looking at it, you can tell that it's not on the physical plane, that it's it's uh, a spiritual shakiness. Uh, Salvador Hernandez comes up and says, All right, I guess we need me to be the seventh. All right, Captain Kittens, are you ready to light this candle? Do it up. He closes his eyes and assumes a posture that Solomon, you have only seen him take once or twice before, and those have always been in serious, life-threatening battle situations. Um, his spine goes loose, his shoulders droop, his eyes close, and he begins chanting to himself very, very softly, uh, holding his hands in front of them, almost as if he's holding like a bowling ball. And between them, a small spark ignites in the air and begins to grow ever larger and ever brighter. Uh, pretty soon, it's about the size of a cough drop, and it is already physically painful to look at. Uh, it grows larger and larger, the size of a peach, the size of a tennis ball, the size of a melon, pick your choice, <laughs> and eventually uh, to a little bit larger than the aforementioned bowling ball. He says, all right, gang. I can't hold this for much longer, and once I throw this thing in there, once I juice this puppy, there's going to be no turning back. Are we certain about this? 100%. Let's do it. Let's right break there. some shit! In the name of the light 
at the center of every atom, at the name of the holy universe, I cast you out. And he just plunges this giant basketball, which I'm just now realizing is going to look like a spirit bomb to a lot of kids from a certain generation. Yep. Uh, just straight into the middle of this light construct. And the power backlash is immense. All of your hands feel like they're on fire as the construct is attempting to buck all of this power that's suddenly being plunged into it. But at the last moment, just before the entire thing flies apart, presumably exploding your hands in the process, it all snaps into place, and the entire grid is now one bright light in this shape that has plagued you this entire time these clean lines of geometry being turned against magic itself the light grows brighter and brighter and all of you feel the heat on your face and solomon you remember now once that you heard uh salvador hernandez referred to once as a radiation mage you always meant to ask him about that aha uh-huh. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> pretty grows, fucking cool. <laughs> and the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and just to the point where you guys physically cannot see one another anymore, complete darkness. The huh. array shuts down, all the lights in the room are out. It is just total pitch complete blackness. And none of you feel the vibration in your hands. None of you feel the power. Seems like it's completely gone. Did it work? Red emergency lights come on. You know, like in Jurassic Park or something like that. Sure. And you see you see Desmond Yondwood with just a terrified look on his face. He uh he turns to the door that you guys entered from, which is currently closed, and you see him with his hand and he just goes three, two one and just in bursts Orion Bailey (laughs) the biggest fluster you have ever seen uh hi guys what's going on why is my hotel and also magic laboratory in the dark uh well we either just saved the world or doomed it forever the uh backup lights uh switch off and the main generators begin to kick back in uh a, a thousand surge protectors just go <laughs> to alert you that something terrible has happened. Uh, all the computers have to start back up. All the all the everything just needs to start from the beginning. Great. Says, uh, okay, you guys. Huh. Don't really know what I expected to happen. And then unbelievable ear-piercing alarms start to uh. go off. And a giant screen of light just projects itself in front of all of you guys Uh, on it is a map of the city and it is suddenly filled with data pointing here and there uh in the very center of the city where you guys recognize to be the the heart of the array you you just see it reads thaumaturgical sargasso sea and the six node points are reading extremely high dangerously high magical levels Okay. Uh, Salvador looks at these and says, okay, the one that is most worrying to me is the one that says Sargasso Sea. Desmond, does that mean what I think it does? Uh, yeah, boss. So, it looks like in the middle there, you guys? Yep. It looks like the magic has been sucked out of that area. 
that's a bad thing because Whoa. magic is made by living things, and if there's no background magic left, it's gonna start drawing it from the people who are alive in there. Oh. And uh, Orion strides over and takes a look, and he says, uh, "Okay, but it looks like the three biggest concentrations, maybe where all of that went, are to these three nodes here." And he highlights them very quickly with a flick of his wrist. And Fiona, you and Pierogi Dalai Lama recognize that these are the three nodes corresponding to the summer court, the uh, not the summer court, the spring court, the autumn court, and the tomb of Dov that you visited not too long ago. Hey, uh, Fiona, didn't we find some stuff there? Yeah, some stuff. Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so guys... That's really bad. What stuff? What's well, we went there. Um, though, okay, so y- you were gone. You were talking to those scary people you told us about, and we went to those three places, and those correspond to the Spring Court, the Autumn Court, and a tomb um, for someone called Dov, who would appear to be the son of Oberon and Titania. Oh, good. Oh, you, good. You and can see kind of destroyed. Yeah, they were like dead worlds. It was real creepy. We meant to tell you guys about this, but then you got back, and then the magic beam was on fire, and it's been a real big day. Um, on All the right. on the screen, you can see uh, that at those three locations, there are indicators saying massive singular power signatures detected, and there are there are little dots moving around. Salvador looks at it and says. Okay, you guys, we never got confirmation. We never got kill confirmation on the three Knights of Mist, did we? I mean, we kicked their asses and then they disappeared. Yeah, disappeared. We never saw corpses. Nope. Fuck. Okay, that's it. No, we need to do this right now. We've seen thaumaturgical deprivation, degradation effects before. And that area, he points to the middle of the map, that area is probably 15 miles across. There are probably 100,000 people in there, and if we do not restore the magical flow to that area quickly, it is going to start draining it from them, and they will die. All right, what do we do? So we need to get to those we need to get to those blade hubs or whatever they are right now. I want three teams. You guys can compose it however you want. Just get out there and stop whatever's happening. So the three hubs are there, and you guys are going to need to figure out who's going where. You have Pierogi Dalai Lama, you have Wake Wagner, you have Xavier Tangleforth at your disposal. All right. Someone's going with Xavier. <laughs> it's because nobody else wants me on their team. And also because you're boyfriends. Um, all okay. right, Ronan, Ronan and Xavier. And which one are you going to? Um, the uh, So we're going to fight, we're going over to these areas where presumably... The different fighters are. Yep, correct. There was a, uh, there was an industrial park. There was a section of woods, and there was a cemetery. Right. Um, we never did fight Fiona Alto Zephyr. Wants the cemetery. What? We we never did fight Alto Zephyr, who I imagine is probably at the cemetery. Um. So, uh, because we have an odd number of people that we can't split evenly, I think the big team goes to that one. I'll go to the industrial park. Okay. Which I believe went to the spring court. Oh, hey. That's nice. There you go. Family reunion. Okay, who's next? Uh, So we've got Fiona and Pierogi Dalai Lama, because that's the obvious choice, right? Because we ship it so hard. Because they're girlfriends. Right. Um, And then we have uh, Wake Wagner, me, 
Is is that it? Was I incorrect about my count, or did we have somebody else? I, I think you, I think you, I think you might have been. Okay. Yeah. Um, Great. Yeah. Salvador Hernandez bumps in and says, "Okay, you guys, you go take care of that, and then once that matter is settled, I will meet you in the center of the city, and we will handle whatever is causing this dead zone of magic." Great. Cool. Wonderful. Uh, so Pierogi Dalai Lama and Fiona, where are you guys going? Do you want cemetery. The cemetery? Okay. Okay. Which uh, leaves Wake Wagner and Solomon to go to the forest, which I believe was the Autumn Court. We're going to go punch so the Huntress. The, uh, the Tomb of Dob or whatever. Yeah, the cemetery, the Tomb of Dob. Okay, outstanding. Um, do you guys need to make any preparations before you go, or are you just fucking going for it? Sword and Staff. Sword and Staff. Rowan? Um, is my is my water pack filled up with water? Oh, sure. Okay. I have my sniper rifle sure. and my pistol and my water gun. So I'm Okay. Good. Fiona? Um I've got my bow staff and I assume my uh smoke bombs have been replenished. Oh yeah, you've had time to swing by the cantina and loot their tea bags. Okay, sweet. <laughs> okay, very you good. Just asked for Salvador to give you some Your smoke bombs. Mom could have asked Salvador Salvador to give her some. Nope. Nope. Oh, damn. Yep. Nope. Yep. Well, that's not happening. Uh, you guys pile into various vehicles. <laughs> um, uh, Wake Wagner Solomon actually drives a uh, a Prius. It's adorable. Huh. Would not have guessed yeah. that. No. Uh, Pierogi Dalai Lama actually drives a Hummer. It's, it was nice. a family. It was a family vehicle. It's you know yeah. And uh, Rowan, you and Xavier Tangleforth climb into his uh, Daewoo. And you all set out uh, in your various directions. See, I was expecting Xavier Tangleforth to just have a rickshaw. <laughs> just, just hop on a donkey, <laughs> and off you go. Okay, cool. Um, you guys tear through the city as quick as you can to these focal points, and shit in Landportlandia is getting weird. The sun is clearly shining, but it is very, very dark. The air is filled with shadows that don't seem to come from anywhere and aren't always in the same place they just were if you blink or look away. Uh, sound isn't seeming to work quite the same. People are very sleepy, but also very anxious and on edge. And you guys can feel, like, have you ever been in the area where there's been just, like, a thunderstorm or a lightning storm and the air is charged with ozone? It's kind of like that. You can feel it in your teeth, in your fillings. Uh, Solomon's hair is standing on end. Just Solomon's. Oh, yeah. And you, yeah. I mean, that's just, he doesn't own a comb. No, he doesn't. I picture Solomon being, like, basically uh, David Tennant. Sure. Like, like, otherwise. Sure, Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I'll take it. Uh, so Rowan, Rowan and Xavier, you guys arrive first at the industrial park, and the construction implements everywhere are – magic is just arcing and sparking off them in all the colors of the rainbow. It's like the place is positively charged with magic. Uh, P.F. Chang and Progi Dalai Lama, you guys arrive at the cemetery where the earth itself seems to be writhing, and there seems to be night and day happening at the same time. You can see stars behind the sun, which makes no sense at all. Uh, Wake Wagner and Solomon, you guys get to the 
forest, and you can see hundreds of pairs of eyes watching you from a darkness that should not be between the trees. Because it's a bright, sunny day. You should be able to just see into that shit, son, but nah, it's dark. Like the <laughs> intro to that old... terrifying or anything. No, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be fine? Who's going first? I will. Do it up. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Rowan and... (laughs) Bye, everybody. Okay. So... Okay, got it. Rowan and Xavier. Uh, (laughs) Xavier has turned to you and said, Rowan, do you want want to hold hands so we don't lose each other? (laughs) No! I think I'm good right now. So we don't get lost. <laughs> no. But like, oh, the candy's scared. <laughs> the big hosty are very scary. It's like the intro to Twin Peaks, and I watched that when I was way too young, and it was very scary. And I've had a big thing about like industrial machinery ever since. <laughs> I hold his hand to shut him up. <laughs> shuts him up. It instantly shuts him up, and he he yeah. just he just grabs your hand and then like puts his hand to the side of his body so that your arm is just stretched out toward him. He's like, okay, that's better, thank you. You uh, make your way into the construction site and a series of odd little clicks and whistles begin to fill the air, uh, seeming to come from every direction at once. As soon as you turn your head to look at where one sound was, there's another just behind you. And a soft laughter and a soft pitter-patter of feet where, like, you look where the sound came from, and, like, ain't no place for feet to pitter-patter over there. So, who knows what that's about. You approach the center of the industrial site where the, um, foreman's, uh, liquor shack was, and, uh, and a voice calls out to you from the darkness, saying... Rowan, I'm so glad to see you again. We never got to say goodbye after the incident at the school. Nope. Uh You're just mad because I shot your face off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did shoot me in the face, that's true. But I've got a new one, and I think you're going to like it. And... From atop the very tallest piece of industrial machinery, uh, like a giant saw, um, <laughs> leaps a dark form that spirals in the air and lands in front of you guys so hard that a cloud of dust rears up. And when it settles, what appears to be on the ground before you is a pile of giant bones. That then begin to move. Zombie dog! Shuffle. And unfold themselves. Slowly revealing the form of Piper, the Huntress. And your eyes don't know quite to make of what they're seeing at first, but you slowly begin to realize that she is wearing the skeleton of Sirenef the Grey Wolf-like oh. armor. She's wearing top of his skull like a helmet. And she has slid her hands down the forepaw, foreleg bones, and is holding his claws like gauntlets. Her 
her face is still wearing that mask, the one that you did, you did indeed shoot her square between the eyes, and that hole is still there, uh, some cracks allowing you to see a little bit of her face underneath. From her eyes, these red glowing cracks are issuing like something is trying to burst out from inside her, and these red sizzling drips are pouring out from the bottom of her mask. You know, Sarah McLaughlin would have to take issue with the way you treated your pet. He was not my pet. He was my best friend. And you killed him. And you're you're wearing his body as a skin suit. And now we'll be together forever. And she launches... And she... (laughs) And she launches herself at you guys. And we're gonna cut to... P.F. Chang and Pierogi Dalai Lama arriving at the cemetery. It's real, real spooky. What do you guys do? Pierogi, do you have any experience with zombies? Because I feel well, like there's going to be zombies. Girl, I mean, like, I, I took the, the basic Revenant and Turn Undead classes available at the WC. I mean, I never took, like, a level in Paladin or Cleric or anything, but, I mean, I can I can handle your, your basic... You know, shuffling bones and rotters and such. But right. yeah, so I mean, if it's just like if it's just like undead jerks, I think we should be okay. But I also don't know that that's something we can rely on. Yeah, let's hope for not a lich. Let's hope for not a lich, guy, lady, guy, yeah. girl, guy. Yep. Yep. She um she makes her way carefully <laughs> through the cemetery toward the large uh, tomb that is awaiting in the middle. Um, she gets right to the edge where that the lich gate, where that area starts the, the metal spike head grate. Mm. And before she goes through, she stops and she just, um, she just goes <clears throat> and, and you see that she has reached out her hand a little bit just behind her. Come I on, come latch on. on. Give, me that, give me that gripper. There we go. That's the stuff. <laughs> All right. That's the stuff. It's a deep breath, and you two pass through the Lich Gate uh, into the tomb area. And as soon as you do, it is straight up nighttime in there. Ain't no sun. It's a real, real creep. And the stars are not in any constellation or combination that you recognize. Uh, the wind begins to pick up and howl around you, sounding like a hundred voices at once, whispering, singing nonsense songs, laughing at you. It's clearly at you, by the way. It's not just, like, context-free, creepy laughter. It's very clearly directed at you guys. One of them makes fun of your shoes. Uh, (laughs) You get closer and closer to the tomb, and the voice coalesces behind you, suddenly shouting, Boo! When you turn around, it's gone. Uh, okay. I jumped up onto Perot's shoulders. Oh, wow, look at you, you're a little koala. Okay, cool. Um. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, I don't like this. This is real bad. She, uh, she turns. She, I really want to go home, you guys, but I don't think we can. She turns around, and, uh, both of you now spot atop the tomb is a. It's not a figure in that it has a shape or outline of its own, but it is instead uh, made of the very swirling winds. It is a shape suggested by mist 
and intimation, uh, defined really only by a pair of glowing purple eyes in the very center. I point at well, it. Welcome to my home, no. ladies. No. No? No. Oh? I suppose I could retract my welcome, and so any offer of hospitality that would come with it. I was merely trying to observe the old forms as I thought a lady of the Autumn Court would appreciate. Nah. <laughs> God damn it, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> you kinda um, you kinda shot that that horse in the face when you uh did all this freaky shit. Well, you also killed my giant crow, and that wasn't very kind of you. I'm pretty sure that was our giant crow. That wait. <laughs> it looks really confused. Technically <laughs> it was our giant crow. Yeah, it oh. it 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 was a crow that came from our world, so wait. fuck you. It's our oh. crow. I possessed <laughs> I possessed that crow. Wait. Well why did you possess my crow? I I like that Jackie's just going to win this fight by confusing Alto's effort. <laughs> how, how how could anything be more Fiona than that, though? That's, yeah, no, yeah, this is perfect. perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Now, what you're saying is you're giving me the crow. <laughs> <laughs> just you're like half an hour. My crow. I didn't give you permission to to possess my crow. So you broken these hospitality rules. An hour later, Alto Zephyr owes you three crows and $700 somehow. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, the, the purple eyes squint back at you and say, No, I'm afraid possession is nine-tenths of the law. That was oh. my... That's a stretch. That is a stretch. Welcome to my home. I bid you welcome. And I hope that this hospitality will be the finest you ever see in your life. And then the wind picks up and carries the shape toward you at a speed that you would not have credited possible. And a lance reaches out from its hand, pointed square between pierogi Dalai Lama's collarbones. And we are going to cut to Wake Wagner and Solomon, Ah! who have arrived at a forest. And it's real creepy in here. It's a real, real creep, you guys. Wake Wagner turns to you and he says, I'm not holding your hand, bro. Yeah, no, that's fine. I've got a stick. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you've got a you've got a big old phallic symbol. I've got Moses Maimonides and Gary, the dust up cousin. We we've all got our hands full, really, metaphorically and literally. It's uh so <laughs> moving right along. What do you say we uh we head into this creepy weird dark forest? I mean that that really seems like the only option we've got in front of us, like <clears throat> You know, I've been I've been talked into Doctor Kirschbaum, and and he's he's taught me to be you know more in touch with my feelings a lot, and I'm not ashamed to say that I'm I really would like a lot of me is saying don't go into that forest, and uh, yeah, but here's the thing: if you don't face your fear, you'll never be a better man. Okay, can you frame that in terms of punching? Go punch your fear. I'm gonna go punch my fear, and I'll... he just starts. <laughs> just I'll catch up. Off. <laughs> okay. Uh, the two of you, the two, the two of you, stride into the forest, um, and any magical artifacts that you guys might have on you, such as Moses Maimonides and Gary the Dust Up Cousins, or Solomon's sword, or his staff, or his pointy hat um, that he may or may not actually be wearing. Um, it's actually just a Yen Sid hat from Disneyland. 
Absolutely. Yes. Yep, from the last time he went there. <laughs> he got real confused about what Magic Kingdom meant, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He still had a good time, though. He still had a good time. He got yeah. some He got some, uh, some fried... Uh, there was, from, there was what do you call that? Funnel, funnel cake. cake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys make your way into the forest, and much as you would have no way of knowing, but much as P.F. Chang and Pierogi Dalai Lama are experiencing, the second you enter the confines of what you could call the forest proper, uh, night instantly falls. And the forest is filled with the sounds of hundreds of animals, some large, some small, some you're pretty sure would need more than one mouth to actually make that sound. The air is filled with the smell of burning leaves. And from the corners That's of your pleasant. eyes... I like that. Yeah, it is, actually. It's really nice. It's like sage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wake Wagner just... I kind of want some cider. <laughs> hey, stop it! Stop making me want cider against my will! And he turns out to the force. Stop it! <laughs> Wake Wagner controls Wake Wagner's beverage choices. <laughs> um, and from the corner of your eyes, you keep thinking you see something like a bonfire. Um, but the instant you turn, it's either gone or it was just a little, a little will o' the wisp that vanishes as soon as you can see it properly. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, you make your way towards the heart of the forest and a creepy little sing song voice starts to follow you. Um, the reaping time is come right soon for always midnight follows noon. And though all men must fall like grass, no one's going to save your ass. And a scythe thunks into a tree right next to Solomon's friggin' head. Jesus! Yeah! <laughs> yeah? Wait, what? He's just there. <laughs> What's up? Uh, can you do something about... D- do up a miracle, bro! Yeah. Will you accept me as your personal savior? Y- sure. Yeah, fix it. <laughs> Works without faith or dead, bro! <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Oh, boy. What a dick. No. No. God damn it, Jesus. Oh, the Christ does not appear. Um, for it is not not yet the appointed time. Um, uh, the, the, the scythe thunks into the wood just above your head, and you jump backwards, and so does, so does uh, Punchy McHuge. And he just starts immediately just punching the air in front of him real fast as he's backing up. <laughs> And uh, there's nothing there. But as you back up, uh, you see a lighting on top of the scythe's long handle. Um, and this is like a long agricultural scythe, not like a Grim Reaper one. Like, sure. it's got the long curve thing, and it's got the whole bar on there. Um, but you see standing on it and leaning casually against the tree is someone that you, Solomon, because you usually remember people you put weapons into, the form that you remember as very clearly being Mother Harvest. Except now she is dressed just like one of her scarecrow goons. Um, there are some large tears in the burlap sack that you can see her eyes through. And, uh, much like the huntress's face, you can see that from her eyes are, are leading these glowing green cracks as if, uh, she's almost incapable of holding the power inside her. You're gonna make me plunge my sword in you again, aren't you? Can't just do this the easy way, no. This is this is going to have to be a big old fight, and then there's going to be a sword in your head again. Oh, well, you caught me off guard last time, 
wizard. We'll see if you get so lucky again. She claps her hands, and uh, up from the ground rise six scarecrows. Oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, they're not magically appearing. They were clearly actually buried. They're rising <laughs> up, shaking the dirt off, uh, aligning their pumpkin heads. She does this really cool thing where she springs off the handle of the scythe, almost like a diving board, doing a little spring, mm-hmm. and then she pulls like a half turn in the air and on the way down grabs the handle and pulls it out of the tree and lands on the ground in a in a really cool like it got it, it got straight nines across the board, except right. from the East German judge. Um Do you have any last words, wizards? Um I, <laughs> I pull out my sword, and I level it against Mother Harvest, and I say, just this one. Shit. <laughs> Fight starts. Fight starts. Yes. We should have, we should have, like, you guys should interlay some, like, Final Fantasy battle music. Exactly. Nobuo Uematsu hasn't sued us yet for using the good night sleep type music, so hopefully we can get his attention with this. Um, <laughs> Uh, Wake Wagner was actually really glad that you said something, because he thought he was going to have to, and the best he had was, I ain't scared of no crow, which <laughs> he was proud of at first, but then he realized, like, they're scarecrows, they're the ones who scare the crows, it doesn't make the most sense. So he was really glad that you said something. You said it decisively, <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are going to cut back to Rowan and Xavier uh, squaring off with the Huntress, wearing the bones of her fallen comrade um she begins to stalk toward you the clack of Sirnef the gray wolf's bones echoing in the night and just as she just as she reaches i don't know maybe like like 15 feet away you see that the helmet she's wearing which of course you recognize as the skull of the wolf uh a couple of bright red sparks alight in the eye sockets and you hear a low she stops for a moment listening and says don't worry old friend i'll make them feel it she begins to stride even closer extending her arms and she's going to launch one arm and it's weird because she's like 15 feet away but she's going to extend her arm at you rowan and by some fucking magic or some shit the claw arm is going to extend itself, rope or cable-like, and is going to come out and just try to snatch you out of the air from which you very stand. And that is going to be... That's going to be a plus four, my dude. Shit. Um, Wait a minute, sorry. I mean, plus six. A, a plus six. Jesus. You're, you're telling me that I have a plus six that I have to be... Yeah, you got to uh, be the six. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to... Dude, use your ass. Try to dodge, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, use your ass. Use your stunts. Think up some nonsense. You know I'm open to it. Yeah. I. I. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> I. I know we're in an industrial area, which Where this uh, is going is is probably not good for my one with nature. Your nature magics. 
if you were to use that, your vision would be full of holes. It would be really spotty, because there is a lot of nature with machinery implanted right on it, but the machinery is the larger part of the area. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I should have picked, like, the cemetery or something instead. You maybe <laughs> should have gone to the woods. Down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. It is... Uh, okay, we're in an industrial... What what exactly are they industrying here? Uh, lumber. Lumber. So lumber. there are a lot of saw blades, a lot of big, uh, a lot of big claws for grabbing, um, you know, trunks and such. Okay. Basically, just, just honestly, I, I mean, it was, a, it was a goof before, but honestly, picture like the intro to Twin Peaks, and you've got a pretty good idea. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, there's no water sources anywhere around, right? Yeah, there's, uh, there's a water source. There's, um, there's the a well in the city. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. No, there's, um. There's a big, uh, like, not like a fire hydrant, but there is, like, a big main over there where if they needed to plug in a hose to, like, hose down a machine that was overheating or something like that, then, uh, yeah, there's a big old water source. Is it is it natural water? Like, is it coming straight from the river? Uh, it can be for a fate point. Uh, no. I mean, no matter what, I'm I'm really just, like... I'm, there's no way I'm going to beat this anyways, so I'd rather not use a fate point. Um, so I'm just going to try to roll out of the way. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Sneaky? I, um, like yeah. if you... How are you making this sneaky? The old celery trick. Uh, <laughs> you can't be the answer for everything! Uh, Jackie, as much as I hate to disagree, I think you'll find that it can... Because I'm allowing it. <laughs> Tell me how your old celery tricking this this skeletal wolf claw that is long shotting its way toward you. So here's here's how it's gonna work for me. Sure, if I can do this right. I move quick enough that in my place is a piece of celery, or I stick the celery in front of me, and it grabs the celery, thinking it's me. <laughs> oh, I'll allow it. Okay, but you're still gonna have to roll for clever. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a plus a plus three to clever on that. Okay, let's see. Three. You rolled a three. I I rolled uh, zero. Okay. Plus and three. what's your plus three? Okay, so three is from your stat, from your clever stat. Yeah, because that's what you said. A plus three with clever. So is it okay. plus, three, plus two, or is it just plus three? Okay, you're getting plus three from the celery trick. What is Rowan's clever rating? Oh, plus two. Plus two. Okay, so you got a five. All right. Which is so still not enough, right? It's it's not enough. But what no. happens? What happens is the um the clock comes shooting at you, and you just very calmly just and I'm gonna retcon. She's she's actually like a hundred feet away, and it's just it's zooming towards you like like some kind of horrible clawed bone snake. <laughs> and uh, and and Rowan's just saying the very cool, huh? Mm-hmm, humdrum, ho hum, and uh, just pulls out a piece of celery from his jacket, just like aligns it very carefully with his face, <laughs> and then just moves slightly out of the way, holding it in the exact same position. The um the claw shoots toward, and then it stops at the celery, and just goes kind of sniff 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 sniff, and then just slaps Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Xavier, enraged by this for reasons that are deeply confusing for him, um, <laughs> pulls his sword, 
uh, pulls Save the Queen out of her sheath and uh, brings it down on the on the bony phalanges, uh, causing an explosion of contrasting magical energies as Holy Sword meets uh, meets undead undead Dogenfus. <laughs> um, the the claw is blown clear across the the uh, the clearing. Yep. Clear across the clearing, and uh, the claws actually lodge That's themselves great. in Anglo-Saxon a tree. Poetry. Yep, and the claws lodge themselves in a tree such that that uh, that arm is actually stuck. Um, Piper, instead of trying to yoink it out, actually releases whatever stretch mechanism is going on and just like hook shots over to the tree. It's actually pretty badass. Uh, but nonetheless, that is one stress to Rowan and one stress to the Huntress. Okay. Now, Rowan, you get your action. What are you doing? Um, so she's attached to the tree? Uh, no, she, she hookshotted her way over there and then unhooked herself. Okay. How far away is she from me? Um, ten feet. Ten feet. Um, I'm going to run up and kick her. Is she, in, like, is she facing me? Or is, I mean, like, she, she hasn't. She hasn't had me. like time to. She hasn't had like time to resettle. Like she went zoop and unhooked her thing, and that's the space that you're acting in. So okay. uh, no, she she's not facing you. She's she's not like standing there idle action waiting for you to attack. So I'm going to run and kick her in her head. I'm Do trying it. to like, kick the this try to kick the thing off off her. her so is this going to be like? Is this like? Row the cheerleader high kick, or is this like Bruce Lee leaping kick? This is rowing the cheerleader high kick. Three, two, one, cannon. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm a pretty tall dude, and she's a middle schooler. So, <laughs> no, well, no, she's she's a she's a forest goddess who disguised herself as a middle schooler. She's still like 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 the bones and all that stuff. How tall is she? Because uh, like she's like five six. Yeah, I'm taller than that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I can. I'm, I'm gonna jump up and like, I don't know. I don't know the difference between a high kick and a, a Bruce Lee kick. Okay, whatever. You kick. It's fine. I kick the back of her head. It doesn't matter how I do it. <laughs> okay. So with what with what skill are you doing this? Uh, force wall. Do it. Okay. One. Ha ha ha. I rolled a three. Okay. Plus one, so four. Okay. But I got a pretty damn good roll. Okay, yeah, that. four. A four is really good. Let's see. Uh, okay. Um, you you're flying through the air. Is that what you're doing? You get to describe the kick. Uh, so so okay. So I'm running towards her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I want to do is like kick, like, or, or like, kind of jump off the back of her legs sure. to give myself a little bit of leverage before, like, kicking it off her sure. head. Okay, yeah, dope, I'll allow it. Okay, you, um, you spring off of her calves, I guess. Yeah. And, um, so yeah. I imagine you... this is just, like, uh, like, reassure you can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you swing your foot over at the back <laughs> of her dome, and... Just as you're doing so, she turns her head, and the jaws of her wolf skull helmet lunge forward and latch themselves onto your foot. Yikes. Uh, 
Yeah, turning on her head, catching you by the foot, swinging you forward, and slamming you into the side of the tree. Ow. Yeah, it hurts a lot. Okay, and that is you guys. Okay, we're going to jump back over to P.F. Chang and Pierogi Dalai Lama. Is that paper rustling really obnoxious? No, it's fine. What? Can't hear cool. it. I can't hear it. Cool. Okay, cool. Uh, yes. Alto Zephyr, a being apparently made of wind and mist and floating glowing eyes, is launching himself at himself, rather, only one of them, at, uh, at you guys. And he is going to... Okay, that's a completely neutral role. Let's see here. Um... Yeah, okay, girls. So that's going to be a plus seven on his quick. Great. Holy fuck. Yeah, he's actually aiming himself at Pierogi Dalai Lama. So what she's going to try to do, she's going to pull out her uh, that golden whippy chain that she's got. Mm-hmm. And she's going to try to weave a protective barrier in front of herself. And oh, those are all minus signs. Sad. I hope nobody liked Progi Dalai Lama too much, especially no one named Fiona or Jackie. I love um, her! Anyway, this, uh, this lance of air, uh, lands and penetrates the barrier she's trying to weave. Her magic chain is actually snapped in half, and her left shoulder is pierced by this, by this blade of air. She is driven instantly to the ground and pinned, crying out in pain and surprise and also pain because it hurts. Jackie, what do you do? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I'm, I'm looking over my, my character sheet right now trying yeah, to Yeah, by all means. By all means. Your aspects, your stunts, nonsense. You know all, do you, do you see what I just let Phony get away with? <laughs> You didn't let me get away with anything. I got two stresses on my bar person right now. And you got bitch slapped by a. And I rolled pretty <laughs> fucking high, like, like. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, this these are these are boss monsters, you guys. Still a plus seven on on quick. That's well, that, yeah, he's oh. he's a wind guy. I mean, yeah. I was gonna say these are these are deities. Uh, okay, I'm gonna use one of my. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get Paroa out of the main fight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use a smoke bomb for that. Hell yes. I'm going to drop one of my smoke okay. bombs, grab her, and hide her somewhere, and then Absolutely. return before the the smoke is cleared. Yes, okay. The and smell of the scent uh, of... Go ahead. Clever for that, if I can. Hell yeah, roll it up, girl. Ha, ha, ha. Jackie rolled a five. Hot damn. Okay. And Alto Zephyr gets a competing clever roll. Well, let me tell you, that roll was a plus three, and even then, that did not make it. He is not a super clever guy. So, <laughs> yes. Well, that you, sucks for him! It really does. So, you drop your smoke bomb, the scent of Earl Grey suffuses the air. Dylan, what was that drink you had at uh, Thony and Jackie's wedding? It had Earl Grey and some manner of booze. Oh, and- yeah, it was. Yeah. <clears throat> it, was it was called Earl a royal tea. And, gin. and what was it called? It was called a royal tea. Royal tea. I thought it was called a London fog for some reason. No, but that's, also, a, that's a latte with vanilla and Earl Grey. Oh, it's delicious! Okay. It Delightful. is. Anyway, the scent of Earl Grey suffuses the air. Um, a cloud of tea smoke 
um, which almost certainly means something drugs-related to hippies, uh, <laughs> fills the air briefly, and you secret Pierogi Dalai Lama over a way to... Um, there are two tombstones that have kind of fallen over against each other, forming like a little hutch, mm-hmm. and you you just kind of squirrel her away in there. And she is she's trying to stop the bleeding in her shoulder, and she's looking up at you with, like, real fear in her eyes. Like, she, she just came out of nowhere! Like, he was just there! Don't worry, I'll get him. He has ah. a lamp, I do too. Ah, oh, that was really badass, well done. Um, let's see here. You know what, you get a fate point for a badass line. Yay! Yeah, I really hope it comes across on the recording. If not, trust me, listeners, it was cool! Anyway... Um, so you, you zoom back before, uh, the smoke clears, and when it does, Alto Zephyr is standing there, his head quirked as, suddenly, where's that lady he just tried to impale? What? Okay, and we are going to cut back to Solomon and Wake Wagner squaring off with Mother Harvest. So, um, if I recall correctly, her hordes of... Scarecrowmans were advancing upon you, and she was also approaching in a very, um, very Batman animated series esque Joker like fashion, just sort of do 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 swinging her scythe around. Um, Solomon, you received some psychological training. Uh, you know, well, first of all, you're a politician, so that background always helps. Sure. Well, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm completely serious. That's, I mean, understanding how other people think is a vital trait in a politician. Yeah. Uh, so you can see that this is, I mean, it's obviously the same person you met at the quarry, yeah. but a few of her screws have come, like, all the way loose. Oh, good. Like, you don't know if it's just the juice flowing through her, through th- th- the words are hard, if it's just the juice flowing through her, or if being dead for a little while unhinged something, or what, but uh, this lady is not stable. So she is going to... Uh, leap forward and take a big swing with her scythe, but at the last second, actually stop short, and at that moment, you'll realize she was actually having her scarecrows try to apprehend you guys and was distracting you. Uh-oh. Yeah. Damn right, Skippy, uh-oh. Um, well, son of a bitch. Okay, that's a, that's a plus one. <laughs> so... Uh, to apprehension? Because it was, it was only mildly clever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um... Uh, all right, if she wants to play the clever game, how about this? How about, uh, the, the scarecrow, what's trying to grab me, I assume is, like, behind me or something? Yeah, two of them. So, to dodge, to dodge out of the way of the scythe, right, just, like, ducking, bringing up the sword, and then pushing it through the scarecrows. Nice, If you want to play the fucking clever game, asshole. Let's do this. Alright, uh, that's, that's not great, but it still beats a one as plus two. What is it? Hell yeah, son! Okay, that is it, that is Scarecrow, Scarecrow, Scarecrow 2, Scarecrow 3, Scarecrow 4, Scarecrow 5, Scarecrow 6. That is Scarecrow 1 out of the game because you done run him through. Well done. Um, another one is still trying to apprehend you on the left, and he's got his horrible stick grippers all up on you. It's really terrible. Um, Wake Wagner, for his part, he did kind of the same thing, but by accident. Like, he, he just, he, he ducked because Scythe, and uh-huh. he just went, punch, 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 punch. And what he didn't know was that the Scarecrow was leaning in at just that moment, so the Scarecrow just, like, he just leaned into this punching maelstrom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's you're just pulped. Your Scarecrows yeah, are really dumb, lady. It's like, <laughs> hey, that's, 
accurate. <laughs> um, all right, so that's uh, that's two scarecrows gone. Um, she is actually going to try a little something on you guys. Um, she she stonks her scythe into the ground, staff first, so it's just standing next to her out of the earth. Mm-hmm. And she is going to lift her hands to the moon and begin to work some kind of weavy magic. And as she does so, the clouds clear and the harvest moon, source of her power, shining brightly above her, begins to drench the land in orange moonlight. It's actually really pretty. The problem is that she then picks up her scythe and swings it upward, shearing a beam of moonlight in half and zapping it towards you guys like laser beams. And that is going to be, I think Flashy's fair on that. So those those dice cancel each other out entirely. That's going to be a plus two. (laughs) All right. Do we get a chance to dodge or do we just get both? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, hell yeah, do it. Um, Okay. I have a plan if this roll is high. If it's not, okay, so it wasn't, I got minus four. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Do you have a plan for that? I don't. You don't have a plan for that? I've got a plan So what I was going to try to do, if if it was high enough, because my flash yeah. is plus three, was to reflect it on the, the metal of my sword. But sure. no, uh, with my okay. flashy, that's a minus one. Okay, so what's going to happen now is you're going to try to do that plan. Uh-huh. Solomon's going to bring his sword up and try to, you know, work up some some reflitum or just cast reflega on himself. <laughs> sure. And um, he's going to run out of... His casting time is too long, apparently. <laughs> and the, the moonbeam is just going to hit the sword and just go bonk. Just like... Ow! Hit him, smack him in his forehead with the flat of his own blade and it's going to knock him flat on his ass. And that is a stress... To him, Solomon takes a stress. I'm trying to keep track of stresses over here, and I wrote Fiona and P.F. Chang down as two people. I don't feel good about that. Anyway, um, (laughs) the other moonbeam is going to head straight towards Wake Wagner. And, oh, baby. All right. He is actually going to see this happening. It'll zoom towards him like a beam of lunar laser death. And he lifts Moses Maimonides, the the right-knuckle duster cousin, and just punch this oncoming light. Punch the moon. He just punches this moonlight, and there's there's a great, like, like, anime energy beam battle moment where the light is still pushing against his fist, and he's still pushing against the light, and it's just like a... (laughs) It's real cool. And then just... And it, it just zings off, and it actually um, conks Mother Harvest right in the noggin. And she falls back on her bottom and is dazed. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So that was a pretty... Thumbs up from the ground. <laughs> yep, just... Good job, buddy. <laughs> I just punched the moon. <laughs> he feels incredible. Somewhere in the Avatar universe, Sokka is screaming. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some kind of fanfic now where Sokka starts a fight with a guy who punched his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokes. Um, we are gonna zoom back now to I believe it'll be 
Thony, who has been slammed against a tree. It's actually going to be Xavier's turn first, and what he is going to do is uh, take his shotgun, Cecilia, and level it. So he's got his—he's got the sword, save the queen, in his left hand, and he's gonna—he's gonna draw his arm across himself and use that to brace the shotgun. I know that's not how shotguns work, firearm enthusiasts. I don't care. Don't email me about it. He's gonna level it at. Um, the, the at the huntress and attempt to uh, blow that bitey helmet off her noggin, and uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a plus four for shooting somebody in the head from like four feet away, which I think we can agree not too difficult. And the huntress is gonna have a character sheet somewhere hiding from me. I feel like you should just have a corkboard. And and just have these things laid out with thumbtacks, no. but then like strings drawn across each yeah. of them, connecting them all, and it should be your crazy man board. That's like, not a bad idea. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'm a huge fan of Evernote, and I've got oh god, so much lore, you guys. Like every piece of information about this game is in Evernote, and it's it's a beautiful way to hold all of the information. But when it comes to like, I need this character sheet, I need that thing, it's not great. So I wrote stuff down on papers, but even paper is betraying me now. So I think Dylan's right. I think I need a corkboard. <laughs> all right, what did what did Xavier get? He got a plus four. Okay, plus two, plus two, plus four. He got plus a four. four. A plus four. You got a four. All right, and she is going to try to dodge that, and she's got a real good quick, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, well, those dice cancel each other out, and her native quick is only plus three, so that does not work. Um, she takes a full magical shotgun blast to the noggin, and um, when the smoke clears, you see that half of her her wolf skull helmet has been blown away. Um, the eye socket still remains, and the red spark is there, but you can see more of her face inside now, and it's evident that she is, like, breaking apart. Like, uh, uh, Rowan, you can see... Like, you've got enough magical understanding to see when a thing is a thing, and you can see that that helmet, as much as protecting her and serving as a bitey time weapon, um, is actually kind of helping to hold her together as well. Okay. Um, let's see here. All right. Um, yes. Red light is going to start pouring out of the cracks on her face, and she's going to start twitching and kind of moving erratically. She's going to turn back to you, Rowan, and try to impale you with uh, with one of her claw guys. Let's see here. Um, I think we'll make that a forceful. Uh, how does a plus six do you, buddy? Fuck. I mean, I'm dead. That's what that's what happens. <laughs> um, and then Owen died. You've only you only got one stress, buddy. I've got two stresses. Oh yeah, you've got two stresses. Well, you know what? Let's see what happens. What are you gonna do? I I already used the celery trick, so I can't do that again. I'm on the ground, right? Yeah, you're on the ground, son. But think about it. You got, um, you got tools. You got skills. You got aspects. You got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've. Leave me some nonsense, Sony. I, 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 um, my life is important to the human aspect of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know what I expected. (laughs) I'm not sure you could argue with that, though. No, I mean, that's, that's fair, that's reasonable. Do what you gotta do, old son. That's maybe the most human thing about humans. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a good suggestion. So I'm gonna take some dirt, (laughs) 
Sure. And I'm going to kind of toss it into my my camelback. Yeah. And then I'm going to carefully shoot muddy water into her eyes. Ooh. Okay, go for it. So I'm using my face and my father Alberta fate point for that. Uh, so let's see what happens. Nope. 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 Ah, nope. what the hell? Nope. Uh, um, uh, I rolled a negative three. Oh, buddy. Plus five. So, okay, so plus two. Two. So plus two. Yeah, you know, if it had, if it no, had been like one three. point off... If it had been like one point off, I was going to give it to you, but that's, yeah, that's a bit much. So, um, I'll give you that you started scooping dirt into your camelback and you were trying to pump up the thing and get the, you know, pump out the jams and shoot the mud into people's faces. And as you're taking the time to do this, because you think you have the time to do this, but actually there's a fight going on, <laughs> um, the claw, the claw just bursts the through claw. your camelback. Exactly. Just bursts through the camelback, um, and it doesn't hit you, but it does completely splatter your face in mud. So that's a situation you're probably going to have to deal with in the near future. Um, so that is no damage to you. The Huntress has taken uh, quite a little bit. And we are going to jump over to P.F. Chang and Pierogi Dalai Lama, who are, as we speak, fighting a creature made of wind and hatred. All right. So Alto Zephyr is there. Uh, the longer you look at him, Fiona, the twitchier he looks. Um, purple wisps of power are pouring from his eyes at all times. Like even if he were standing still, it would just be it would just be streaming out there as his body is formed by the very winds upon which he subsists. He um, he gestures toward you and speaks in a in a lilting liquid tongue. And he's going to attempt to do a thing. That's okay. Thanks, Dice. You're not super helpful. All right. Um, that is going to be a a plus two. Jackie, beat it however you like, if you can. All right. So he's made of wind, right? Correct. Okay. Um, I'm going to rip him apart. Do it up, girl. He is literally made of wind, so I am going to use my influence over wind. Uh, I'm going to use my bow staff and uh, clever, if I can, to manipulate um, him. He's he, Since he's made of wind, I'm going to manipulate the wind that he is made of and just kind of rip it the fuck apart. Just, like, dispel him? Yeah. F- yeah, do it up, girl. Roll me some dice. <clears throat> oh, what did I get? You rolled a three because you got. A... She rolled three. Okay, yeah, that's better than his plus two, uh, which is sad because he was doing something really cool. But it's too damn bad because he is getting blown apart by some aromancy. He doesn't Wait. get to do cool shit because he hurt my girlfriend. I know, I know, it's very bad. So, uh, yes, you pull some really cool bow staff mojo. And, uh, and manage to whip the winds in such a way that he is gradually picked apart. You don't like blow him apart completely, but mm-hmm. you manage to dispel enough of his corporeal air body enough that he isn't able to cast whatever mojo he was pulling on you. And he actually falls to his knees, uh, breathing heavily. Breathing what? You're not sure, cause he's made of air, but <laughs> yeah. still. 
Um, and that is one stress to old Alto Zephyr. And, uh, and just as this finishes, um, you see from the corner of your eye the form of Pierogi Dalai Lama rising up. She's got something in her hand that you recognize as a broken piece of tombstone. And she is going to use her stunt, Uno Momentum, por favor, <laughs> to try and do stuff. Yeah, okay, that is going to be a plus four to forceful. And <laughs> also Zephyr is, well, first of all, he's not in a real good place to dodge right now. Um, oh, buddy, that's what we call <laughs> negative one. So, yes, um, she she's got this broken piece of tombstone. And she's whirling it around in one hand like a discus. And as she does so, uh, it begins to pick up a green, like, friction light that builds up as she goes faster and faster and faster. And with a very graceful, elegant, and, like, she's using her, her whole body for the momentum. Like, her, like, her, her legs are, are spinning and, and things. And she does this, this very neat whole body twirly twist and just wings the broken piece of tombstone at him. And it looks like a comet. It's just on fire with this beautiful green light, and it crashes into Alta Zephyr, who is going to take another stress and uh, just knock him into a tree that is nearby. And at this point, he's almost completely incorporeal. He's just a pair of eyes staring out at you. And she, um, she, she sort of falls to one knee, and she's, again, clutching her bleeding arm. But she looks at him and she says, Looks like you made a grave error. Yeah. Sure, did there? I said the thing. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Air, air five. Air five. Air five. Woo. All right. Um, let's see. And Fiona, I think you actually get an action because you defended against what he was doing, but you haven't had a turn yet. So what are you doing, girl? Um, can I use my approximate knowledge of everything to, (laughs) um, do you like that pause there, Casey? I love everything about this. <laughs> um, I don't say I don't say it enough. I liked it before so much it was fun, cool to um, do what I can to heal her arm before. Oh sure, like you've read some, yeah, you've read some like 19th century Prussian medical manual or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'll just let you have that. Absolutely, you I have to seal you a take... wound with dirt and rocks. And, yeah, well, actually, a little bit of spit. A little bit of spit. Um, what you do is, uh, not, not the spit swapping that one would expect between P.F. Chang and Pierogi Dalai Lama. Um, the, the, you actually, you actually take, uh, one of your, you actually take one of your teabag bombs, um, and you, you do wet it down a little bit with spit. She doesn't mind, it's gross, but it's doing, and you, you turn it into this, uh, gooey, absorbent, um, material, and you say, Look over there! It's the old celery trick! And she looks, and you just cram it into the wound. <laughs> and she she screams bloody murder, which is fair, and her left arm kind of dangles sort of uselessly by her side, but it absolutely stopped the bleeding, so well done there. Yay! Yeah! Okay, we are gonna cut back to... It's Solomon and Wake now, right? Yeah. Yeah! Sorry, I you have guys. such a good plan. I'm excited, dude. Lay it on me. Okay, for a fate point... Could I have... Yes, yes, yes. Okay, a very particular piece of quartz. <laughs> sure. Great. So, Tell me about this piece of quartz, Dylan. Uh, it's the piece of quartz we used earlier in our in our ritual thing, what contained okay, Dawn's first light. Hell yeah. Uh, so, uh, from, from my position on the ground, 
I'm sort of leaving the the sword on the ground, mm-hmm. and I I set this hunk of quartz down, and I get up, and I just slam it with the top of my 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 staff, uh, breaking it apart and bathing the scarecrows in uh, dawn fire. Uh, oh, outstanding! Uh, yeah, the scarecrows are instantly incinerated. <laughs> Fuckers. All of them just gone. Area of attack damage. They they burst into flames. Uh, some of them, very sadly, actually try to put themselves and others out, but uh, to no avail. They just they go up in flames. They crumble to ashes. Their poor screaming pumpkin faces expiring last of all. Hollow, triangular eyes gazing up at you and asking why in silent agony. Because you're dicks! <laughs> That's fair. Okay, uh, wait. As, wait, as I Wagner. punch one that's just, like, smoldering. Yep. Uh, Wake Wagner, uh, emboldened by his re- recent punching of the moonlight, is going to, uh, launch himself at Mother Harvest and attempt to wreak him some, some damage. Let's see here. Uh, no, that's the Huntress. There we go, Mother Harvest. Okay, um, he's going to launch himself. She, in a preemptive defense is going to take her scythe and do a quick, like, swirly-whirl motion all around her a couple of times. And as she does so, it's kicking up, like, a tsunami of fallen leaves. A a wall of red and orange and yellow leaves beginning to encircle and obscure her, making it very difficult to see her place where she might be. And... Same old tricks. And... (laughs) Wake Wagner is everybody's hero because he guided by some ancient deity of the fist he uh is he just launches himself and carries like a cruise missile through this wall of leafy bullshit following (laughs) the straight and true path of the punch and lands a uh square hit right on her jaw knocking her out of her out of her cone of uh swirling leaves and out into the clearing, and now he's in the no, he's in the cone of leaves, and he's really scared. He's like, no, I don't want to. It's like when I was in the leaf pile when I was a little boy, and Daddy wouldn't let me out. Brother Jimmy just kept kicking. He he would get sent to the leaf pile when he was a bad boy. So, um, Mother Harvest is also going to get a turn, and uh, she is going to write herself real quick. And so, Solomon, did you did you stand up? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, so she's she's going to come at you just straight with the scythe and just try to, you know, reap a ball on you. And she's going to do that. And I will say forcefully. She's putting some muscle into it. And that is going to be a plus four, my dude. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I feel like I've used up my clever for this for this turn. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, whatever. I, you know, it's it's one of Solomon's strong suits. That's what um, it's there for. Uh, how do you defend against a fucking scythe? Okay, you don't be wheat. <laughs> well, I've got that covered. Then I'm fine. <laughs> um, Lanya would be proud. Okay. Uh, oh, thank God. Okay. What's <laughs> up? I I rolled a three. Uh, and my forceful is plus one. So just like meeting the scythe with my staff and just. No! Stop it! <laughs> Cut it out! 
That's not nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you catch it just as it's coming down, and the the force of the blow is going to drive you back. Sure. And um, you're you're gonna. I think you're gonna trip on a on a rock and twist your ankle. Aww. Um, but you're. Yeah, but you're not going to get scythed through your chest meats, which are, as everyone knows, the prime scything meats. Sure. So uh, you're going to take another stress for that, but you're not going to get murderated in your face pipe. Well done there. I like not being murderated in my face pipe. I believe it. Okay, P.F. Chang, Pierogi Dalai Lama, what's going on with you ladies? Did we? I'm so sorry. This is, uh, I've never had to balance three things before. Yeah, Rowan, what is up with you and Xavier? So, um... The Huntress is acting real squirrely. Her her bone armor is flying apart. You are covered in mud, Rowan. So um, some things you're trying to do might be a little bit harder, but we'll see what we can wrangle for you. What are you up to? Um, I apologize about the skipping. Thank you for calling me on that. Because I just went. It, um, we'll we'll say it's yours. Xavier's not gonna go again. Not well. He is just not right now. He went first last okay. time. Okay. Um. So I'm covered in mud. Your face is covered in mud, yes. Let me ask you, because I what have up? dirt on my face, oh God. am I more one with nature <laughs> than I would be previously? <laughs> you, you know what? Sure. Uh, yeah, that okay. tracks. Yeah. So I use that aspect, because I'm, I'm figuring that like my vision's pretty cloudly normally. Right. Because of mud on my face. Right. So, I use my one with nature to see. Almost like Daredevil, you know, his superpower is that he can see like a normal person. Being, yeah. Being blind. His superpower sure. is okay. that he is blind. <laughs> yep. And yeah. then... Don't breathe, uh, don't breathe would have been a very different movie with Daredevil. <laughs> um, might have been a good one. Anyway, so what are you doing? I'm gonna... How far away is she from me? She's like right there, dude. Okay, fucking shoot her with my pistol. Yeah, do it. In the Got face. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and I'm going to do that. Uh, I don't know. Casey, what do you think? I, how do you think I should do this? Um. Oh god, I can't believe I'm about to do this. But you know what? Given that you've got new echolocation powers, and given that this is going to be extra difficult for you, I think you'll have to take that shot carefully. Yeah, I'm still going to roll badly. I mean, I've been. Well, I mean, I rolled really good last time and sure. did nothing for me. Well, we'll see. Yep. Let's see. Uh, five. Five. Okay. Yeah, you rolled a five? five? I got a Damn. plus one. I rolled a one, and I have a plus four. Incredible. Okay, so let's see. So you're going to shoot her, and she gets some kind of save on that. Let's see here. Um, I think she'll try to dodge that quickly, which I think we can agree is fair. I mean, there's an argument to be made that it's clever to try to not get shot, but that's not a good stat for her. I couldn't do that, too. Oh. No, no, no. I was talking for Don't worry about it. Um, okay. Yeah, she only gets a plus four. That absolutely works. Okay, you uh, shoot her in the face, and she manages to turn enough so that the bullet actually catches the other intact side of her skull helmet and uh, blows it off of her dome entirely. And in a horrible, gut-wrenching moment, both you and Xavier can see that she wasn't just wearing that. That was, like, grafted onto her. And so there's just this horrible, dripping, wet redness underneath. 
um, the lights, the eye lights in the sockets of the helmet uh, begin to flicker and go out. And she she quickly uh, sloughs off the bone armor, uh, turning and, and grasping the skull and looking into it, just babbling okay. over and over again. No, don't leave me. No, 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 don't leave me. I can't lose you again. No, please, no, no. Casey. In case you've got what voice I have. What? So I start humming in the arms of an angel oh. by Sarah McLaughlin oh. while this is happening. You're the, that's extra damage right there is what that is. <laughs> just pour salt in that wound, my buddy. Oh, God. Okay, and uh, and Xavier is going to... Um, gonna come up while all this is happening he's gonna take save the queen in both hands and just he's gonna take this you know opportunity and just straight up forceful oh that's gonna work um yeah well she gets a try doesn't she that's a plus five she's she's distracted and that would have to be a okay hey guys i'm not great at math remind me does a plus five beat a negative two it does. No, it doesn't. It do- Oh, I'm receiving contradictory information. Well, you know what? I'm going to go with rule of cool. Uh, Xavier is going to lift Save the Queen high into the air. The moonlight is going to catch on the blade uh, white fire running up and down the edges, uh, igniting the many runes adorning the flat of the blade and the script reading Save the Queen. It's going to lift it. And uh, a voice not entirely his is going to ring out from his mouth and cry, No arm forged against her shall prosper! And he's going to bring the blade down and uh, and cut Piper the Huntress down. It's really gross and upsetting. And as soon as he does, as soon as her cloven, broken, lifeless body hits the floor, um, it is enveloped in a swirling whirlwind maelstrom of mist uh, so thick that you cannot see inside it. This does not dispel itself, but uh, holds there for a moment. And now we are going to bounce back over to that cemetery. P.F. Chang, what is happening, my girl? Uh, I just kind of fixed Perola's arm. Sure did. She feels a lot better. Slightly caffeinated, just straight into the bloodstream. bloodstream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That can only be good. Um, uh, where's uh, Maltodextrin right now? That jerk is over by a tree, and in the moment while you have been healing her, he has begun to work that same mojo he tried to do on you before, and he is going to try casting it on uh, on Pierogi Dalai Lama real quick. And that, okay, well, go to hell then. Um, that is going to be a negative two, no, a plus two for him. And she is real hurt and actually does worse. I love it when the dice follow the story. So he is going to weave, uh, not unlike Salvador Hernandez did earlier, he's going to weave a ball of swirling air between his hands and then launch it at PF, at uh, Progi Dalai Lama Hadouken style. And uh, when it hits her, she is not damaged, but you, Fiona, are blown away from her very quickly because she is now trapped in this ice-cold razor-edged, swirling cone of air. Great! I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Let me let me see if I can... And she reaches out, just really hesitantly, with her hand. Let, let me let me see if I can just... Oh. Ow, 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 ow. And she, she brings her hand back, and you can see that not only is it bleeding, but it has frostbite. That's great. 
I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna stand here for a minute. I don't think I'm gonna do that again. That's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would stay there. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Alright, what are you doing? Um I'm gonna use a fate point to do something because Hell yeah. Now Fiona's pissed for. as shit. Um What um what time is it? Um you cannot tell it is it is nighttime in this cemetery. It was not nighttime when you entered it. But it is clearly like the middle of the night. Like there's okay. a uh, there's a crescent moon hanging. Uh, big question though: Is it like early morning, nighttime, or like dead of night? Dead of night. Like well, I need a time. We need a time. Okay, uh, midnight. Can it be like twelve oh one? Sure. Okay, then it would work, Jackie. Uh, I'm gonna make it a double. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna. I, I, I pull out my 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 bow staff, which doubles as a um, coffee cup, thermos. Coffee. Yeah, thermos. That's the yeah. word I was looking for. As a thermos, and also a bong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly the one I'm picturing. Uh, uh, the Popeye music starts playing as long as it won't get us sued. <laughs> and I chug that shit. All right, um, and and that gives you what again? Remind us. Uh, plus two to quick. If it's before noon, it is very much. Before. Isn't it? Isn't it always before noon? Really? No. You know yeah, the gremlins. Somewhere. The gremlins are keeping. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. What are you doing? So I now have uh, plus four to quick. Uh, I'm just gonna smash his stupid face in, like what? zoom over there really fast and just bop. Turn into a hummingbird. I'd like to point out that the only the only people in all three of these situations with no damage, no stresses, are Fiona, Xavier, and Wake Wagner. So I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. Okay, um, you zoom over, and so you're gonna you're gonna fight. Don't do well in other fights, apparently. Uh, so you're gonna bop him with your uh, the old Bongo Fury. Yep, and okay. I got a five. Hot damn! Okay, punch him with the old celery trick. I'm saving that. <laughs> You gotta save that for real emergencies. We all get one. I get one. Um, alright, he's gonna try and dodge that quickly. And what did you get, a plus five? Yes, plus five. Okay. Oh, amazingly enough, he gets a plus six. I'm sorry. Fucker! I know. Um, do you want to spend a fate point for a plus two? Yes. Do it. Okay, absolutely. The, uh, the old, the old... The old bow staff thermos trick works this time. Um, and you <laughs> smash his semi-transparent noggin back into the tree against which he is lying. Um, he falls over, dazed, slumps to the ground, and is enveloped in uh, the same mist that just swallowed up uh, the huntress. A kind of kind of cocoon, kind of like you always pictured uh, spiderweb-wrapped flies to look <laughs> like. Only it's moving and swirling. And with that, we are going to cut back to Solomon. Yo. What's up? So, locked locked in this... Uh, <laughs> it, what in anything else would be the sword fight thing of, of two swords crossed, but this time it's a scythe and a staff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I I honestly don't know. Um, so use your aspects, use your skills, think up some nonsense. Um, what 
what has availed these players most this time? Has it been careful planning or has it been nonsense? It's been nonsense. Okay. Um, how about this? How about, um, I break away from, from Mother Harvest and, and do like this nice little cool flourish thing with my staff, uh, and slam it down in front of me and direct the the moonbeams at her. Use her own stupid moon. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I'll allow it. <laughs> what are you what are you rolling for this, you monster? <laughs> uh I'm gonna go with uh I guess uh clever. Using hey, yeah. using her own stupid moon against her. Absolutely. Uh, so doing the moon you wrote in on. That's a plus three. Cool. Okay. I've and been I've really been rolling wish. okay except for that minus four. Yeah, done. Done. Um you got, I'm sorry, you said it was a plus three? Yeah. Cool. Alright, um, she's gonna try to dodge that. And her quick is not too good. Um, that means nothing. And that's only a plus two. Okay, um, describe it. Describe the moonlight hitting this so, person. Uh, like orange laser beam condensing as if by a magnifying glass pointed at the ant that is Mother Harvest. And nice. just... Just drilling into her with moonfire. God, moonfire. Yeah. That sounds like a badass unicorn. I don't like her. <laughs> no, you don't, buddy. <laughs> okay. Um, the force of the moonfire actually carries and drives her back. Like it hits her and it doesn't dispel. It's still driving against her. It hasn't, it hasn't dispersed yet. Good. And it's actually going to drive her backwards into the swirling cyclone of leaves that Wake Wagner is currently trapped in by his own childhood fears. (laughs) And she's going to plunge into it and knock him out. And then the entire thing is going to catch fire. Cool. Yeah. So she is now at the center of this swirling chaos burning maelstrom. And uh, when all the flaming leaves have scattered and stopped, you see her poor charred body. Um, Lying there, uh, the scarecrow costume has burned off, and you see the woman that you once met as, um, I believe her name was Sibel, at the Hearthstone Quarry. Um, and again, just like, just like the Huntress and just like Alta Zephyr, her face is covered in these green glowing cracks and powers just wafting and exuding out of them. Uh, she too is now, uh, slowly, not slowly, what's the opposite of that? Fastly wrapped (laughs) in, um, in this thick gray mist and unbeknownst to all of you, uh, all three at the same time, right themselves, the mists vanish and all three knights of the court of mists stand there, their wounds, not healed as if they were never there, but healed as if they happened many, many years ago. So, um, mother harvest is just a mass of burned scar tissue. And, um, the Huntress is just covered in all these horrible wounds that have, that have crusted over just these, this thick callous padding left. Um, Alto Zephyr looks like wind that has had a rough day. Anyway, um. <laughs> didn't think that went through, did you? Really didn't. But, uh, <laughs> instead of the eyes they had a moment before, all three pairs of eyes are shining with 
a bright gray light at the center of which is a burning orange iris that, uh, Fiona, you immediately recognize as the eye you saw when you grabbed, um, the horn at the middle school. And all three of them are going to begin speaking at once. But we'll start with Solomon since that's where we, we started this whole thing. I need to clear my throat just a moment. Solomon Byron. Yep. You have done you have done well to draw the attention of the Court of Mists. We would have you in our service. Hey Oberon. You dare to speak my name. Uh and then I just uh uh send like a a bolt of force at what used to be Mother Harvest's head sure. and say fuck you. Uh, instantly with, with no thought or effort, uh, the, the hand of what used to be Mother Harvest just lifts and just bap, just your, your bolt of force just shoots off into the night. It actually eventually lands on what used to be a pretty nice planet, but it wasn't a nice planet after that. Um, And there goes Namek. There goes Namek. No one will miss it. The voice, uh. I'll miss it. There goes Namek for the 18th time. (laughs) The voice continues, You have spunk. We appreciate that. Allow us to offer you incentive. We know how came you by your power, by your wizarding strengths. We know to whom you went into debt, and we know what you traded away. Do you not know that debts can be purchased and forgiven. Solomon Byron has no debt. There are powers who would argue otherwise. The IRS? (laughs) Damn it, Jackie! (laughs) Then they can come and take it. (laughs) Would you not have the return of what you bargained those many years ago? It's a tempting offer. Wake. And and Oh, what? I'm going to start. Go ahead. Wake, would you deliver my reply, please? Because <laughs> I assume Wake's still, like, over there next to it. Wake it, Wake had just fallen over in the leaves, and he just springs up and uh, and, and just polishes Moses, Maimonides, and Gary real quick and says, To whom it may concern! <laughs> We're going to cut over to uh, Fiona real quick, where the He's thing that used... Yes, he is. The thing that used to be Alto Zephyr um, looks down at the form and says, Look what you have done to this beautiful creature. Do you know what Alto Zephyr is, little failing? It's, uh, it's like a saxophone, right? It is, it is, it is not unlike a saxophone. Yes, in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> My son was taken from me and his wife and his mother attempted to bring him back. They attempted to raise a fairy from the dead by giving him a soul. Oh, that just sounds like a bad idea. I mean, haven't you ever read Pet Cemetery? Alto Zephyr was that soul. And while he did not return my son to me, he has been a loyal knight. 
and I thank him for his service. For your part, fairy, let me offer you this. Cease your hostilities against me, and when I rule over all of fairy, when I am king of mists, the autumn court will be yours. No strings, no questions. That is quite possibly the stupidest offer anyone could ever give me. Can you imagine me in charge of a kingdom, like, for real? Not just having ha- having won it in a stupid bet? Yeah, no, like, I, like, Brookie Dalai over from inside her cone of gold. She's like, yeah, no, I like her a lot, but that's a bad idea, guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like are you actually stupid? Then, you allow, this. then allow me a different offer. He he does a little swirly motion with his hand, and you see magic beans not only rebuilt, but better than it had ever been. Every idea you'd ever had to, to like add on or do a new like product service or whatever, every wish you'd ever had for the building. Uh it is it is everything that you ever dreamed magic beans could possibly be. You have the permits for the airspace above the magic bean? Exactly. Yes. It's just, just however many, (laughs) however many square, however many square feet magic beans is, you own that space up to like the stratosphere. (laughs) It's a no fly zone for most countries. Exactly. Yes. I could do this for you. Your wildest dreams could come true. I simply ask that you stop. Just let me claim what is rightfully mine. You know, that looks really nice. But uh, there's something missing there. <laughs> From it's in in the, in the hologram, in the hologram, a tiny little pierogi Dalai Lama just pokes her head out the window and waves at you. Okay, that's great, but no. <laughs> um, actually, what's missing is all of the we free men that you have abducted. The eyes narrow at you. They are small and petty. It is in their nature to be ruled. Well, you know what? So are you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to cut back to uh, Rowan and Xavier. Um, The Huntress still still covered in horrible scars. Um, uh, Words are hard. Sorry. Looks at Rowan and says, Rowan, last son of the spring court. Oh, I have seen you struggle so for all your long years. (sighs) I know you will not join me. That is too much. That is too much to hope for, and I would not ask it. But I believe I have something to offer you that may pique your interests. If only you would cease your efforts against me. Will you hear my offer? Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) The creature swirls its hand. And uh, a little, like, hologram picture appears. It is a city street. It is covered in snow. Um, it is full of people who are very happy. And, you know, it's like a, like a marketplace, like people trading bread and such. And standing at a stall, um, behind the stall, actually, wearing an apron and his barrow of wares there, is a man that you instantly clearly recognize as your father aged 30 years or so 
I know where he is. I can take you to him, and I guarantee that without me, you will never see him again. I, 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 I pull up my pistol, and I look at it. The pistol was owned by my father. Um, I say, do you want to know why I'm in this country right now? Always. My father, the bravest man I have ever known, sacrificed his life to give me a better one. And you are insulting me and everything I have lived for and everything I stand for by by forcing him to come back to life. My father died for my freedom. I am here because of him, and I would never, ever sully that gift he gave to me for some stupid, childish need for a parent. Mm. It would appear that I have underestimated you. And all three of you hear this at the same <clears throat> Forgive me. At the same time, all three avatars are now speaking simultaneously. Of course, you have no way to know that. Bitch, no kidding! I have underestimated you, and that is to your credit. I hope that you find satisfaction in your choices. I hope that they bring you comfort in what comes next. Now, perish! And we'll find out what happens next time on semi Magic Inc. Yikes. All right. Well, thanks this for listening, all our episode. buddies, I guess. This is, yeah. Thanks, everybody. This was a very long episode. I've been planning it for a long time. Very excited. You guys are all great. Um, our listeners are all great. Sorry about the hiatus. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah. It, life yeah. happens. Yeah, life does, life does happen. And we appreciate um, not only your patience with our release schedule, but also the fact that you guys keep on coming back. We appreciate that. So find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, find us on the Tumbleface, and uh, you can email us at semiautomagicpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, your questions, um, all kinds of stuff. So we'll see you next time on Semi-Automagic Inc. What is a banana? <laughs>